Radiating from the heart of America and stretching from coast to coast and border to border, welcome to On Radio, the wireless industry's weekly download coming straight from the builders and newsmakers of everything wireless. Your host is Jim Tracy, and this is On Radio. So here we are with week three of Ryan Tracy, one of the legends in Growing Up Wireless. Uh, we get to talk for another week, man. Glad to have you back. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and speak with you guys again. You know, speaking of that, if I look back over my shoulder again, I see, uh, and, and this is maybe 04, and uh, you came in one day and you were like, you know what? Somebody's going to have to fix all this stuff that we're putting out. And this is the time, bef- this is before Tiger Team. This was before site optimization. It was called AOP, Area Outside Plant Engineering. And they were the folks who didn't climb, who didn't know what to do, who had to fix stuff. And you were like, hey, we can fix it. If we can build this stuff, we can fix it. Tell me what, what led to that like moment. What was that flashbulb moment where you were hey, we need to keep working. Well, um, I guess I I liken it to when we first started building sites, there wasn't sites. I mean, yeah. th- not very many of them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I went to the party. They had what they called a handover party um, for a carrier. Yeah. And uh, it was the first two towers that handed a phone call from one tower to the other. Yeah. Like, wow, this is awesome. It actually works in a real world scenario. <laughs> I mean, now in your drive to work on your commute, it probably happens 30 times and nobody thinks anything one of it. And But there was, I mean, 150 people there celebrating that this tower handed the phone call off. It was amazing. Yeah. Without losing so we, drop on it. <laughs> you know, if there's only, you know, if there's only 50 towers in, in your market, they don't break that often. And if they do, you know, but then when, when you're building sites um, to the tune, you know, at that point, you know, it was just six coax lines, six single pole antennas. And, and, you know, most of them were monopoles and any inner city sites. It was how I remember we were running a two man crew and, and our boss told us, Hey, all I want from you is a site a week. I want one new site a week and that's all I can ask of you guys. And so yeah. we were, that was what we were shooting for is building one monopole finished QC tested and down the road every week. Yeah. Well, when you start putting them in at that rate, I mean, we're one crew and we're trying to do 50 a year. And so we started, there was 50 in the whole market and then we built 50, but there was 10 other crews doing the same thing or yeah. attempting, attempting to do the same thing. And, I'm going to tell you right now that uh, it got to a point where on every corner and, and I mean, you can work on a cell site in a downtown location and look across the tops of the buildings and you can see your five neighboring sites without a pair of binoculars. Yeah. And I think I was working, you know, there was a huge push in those early two thousands to, to do infill coverage everywhere. And I think I was working on a site and I looked across and I could see like three other sites that were from the same carrier that I had already worked on. And I thought, man, we've had a couple calls on stuff breaking. This stuff doesn't last forever. And I thought, to, well, 
somebody's got to repair this stuff. I mean, and and there's a huge market in the repair of it. it it's a different skill set than building it. It's a and I it really turned into and, optimization too, didn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, then it turns into optimization, um, you know, and then they they through endeavors within the R and D, they came out with electrical down tilt to try and make sure that they had even more optimization that they could make and they could uh, you know, they could do some of that optimization without requiring a tower climber so that they could do it, you know. And you know, props to them for figuring it out because you don't generally you're not able to just call someone and get them to go do you know hey we got 10 sites that all need these you know azimuths and tilts changed yeah well it's a it's a pretty grand thing to work jointly and then to build a relationship with the guys that are doing the rf designing and you know those guys have a skill set that we could really earn a lot from because i learned early on that the value I provided to them was giving them information they couldn't see because their job doesn't put them in the location on the tower like it did me. Yeah. And so they would ask us to do asthma changes or down tilt changes. And through that relationship, they started trusting me that I would call them and I would say, Hey, on your map, it looks like you're going to cover that area. And I think you forgot there's a really big hill in the way or there's, yeah. an air <laughs> there's an air conditioner on the roof and you just pointed this antenna right into an air conditioner. It's probably not going to do what you want it to do. Yeah. And those real life, that's another aspect of a relationship between people who have different skill sets, but yet are working really hard to understand the other person's viewpoint so that it does work in the real world. Now, so I'm going to change uh, change up on you a little bit. Um, I was here. I was listening to you one time do an interview, and you came up with a phrase that said, "I build men." Uh, I build. Tell me about that. Uh, I think I don't know where it came from, but I think in uh, in, in in describing to somebody what I did, I had learned through however many years I had been in the industry, that the thing that I truly loved wasn't the technology or the towers or the challenge of building a network um, because that is never ending. Um, and it's fun. It's fun to understand how those things work. But every day that I worked, I got to work with something more dynamic, more that I had more passion for. And that was the the relationships and the people that we worked with. And I, and I learned that climbing towers generally isn't an old man's deal. So that we ended up with a lot of young guys and uh, that worked with us. And those young guys were looking for help, not only with their pocketbook, but with what they were going to do with their life with who they were even. I mean, these were young guys that that were willing to put it all out there for us. And I wanted to give back to them as much as possible. And so we ended up with lots and lots of conversations about life and and the difficulties and strengths and everything that goes along with the industry and um 
and, you know, traveling and everything that goes into what we did. And then a lot of hours of windshield time, a lot of hours of windshield time. And I learned that that's what I really loved about what I did is the, the impact I had on their lives and, and who they were. So, um, I decided, I also, at that point, at some point in there thought to myself, you know, I am not going to be able to do this forever. The best thing that I can do is teach one person to be better than me. And then as soon as they're better than me and they can teach me something, then I'll just pick someone else and I'll do it again. And I'll do it as many times as I possibly can. Yeah. And there is no better feeling than when a guy or a person that you mentored comes to you and teaches you something about the industry that you're supposed to be the expert in. It's Happens the to me best. all the time. <laughs> it is awesome. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And so I, I, I just learned that what I truly loved was, was building people um, to be the, the people that God wanted them to be. And so uh, I, I kind of coined the phrase and just thought, you know, I, I was, I'm gifted at building towers and sites constructing and fixing networks um for some reason my brain works in a way that that i'm gifted in being able to do that and learning the new ways to do it but uh i don't really do that i i I got to the point where i didn't really do that anymore yeah i just invested in the people and i learned more through teaching them than i ever did through trying to learn it myself um uh, and so i I said, you know, I don't even build sites anymore. And people are looking at me like, why don't you, you don't build sites? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't build sites. I, I just built, I built men and yeah. they, they build the awesome. sites. So. Awesome. So, I, you know, uh, the reputation of wireless when we got in it, and even today, is that it's a bunch of transient knuckleheads running around. But um, there was a change that happened. And and I'd like to think that part of that started in Eastern Washington. And you were saying, hey, let's drive more so we can spend more time at home. And let's work longer days so we can actually go home for the weekend. And and, uh, tell us how you came to that. I came to that through living it every day. And having a family of my own <laughs> and and learning that there's freedom in being able to make those choices is was a gift and being yeah. able to try different things. Um, one thing that I learned um, uh, for for those who are strictly uh, look at the world through a through a monetary value. Um, the, the fun thing about this lesson is, is that it worked not only for my life, not only to make me happier, not only to make my family uh, live a better life, but it worked monetarily. And there's often not a lot of things that work um, in in all those aspects. Um, But I I did the math and approximately 70% of our work in the telecom industry is set up and takedown. Um, If you add in picking up the materials and testing, pre-testing the antennas and driving everything to the site and uh, setting up the load lines and setting up the rigging and everything else 
that it takes to be prepared to actually mount something on a tower, it's approximately 70% of our work is just set up. And that's all MOB. That's all one form of MOB or another. For, before a tower part touches a tower. Correct. I mean, uh, essentially, uh, we're really handy movers. We just move stuff to really <laughs> hard to get to places. Um, and so I thought about that and I thought, okay, if you work a 10-hour day and seven hours of that is set up and three hours of it's actually doing what we had to do, how much more effective are we if we put an extra two hours on there? Because the right. extra two hours you just added to that day, you just added two hours of productive work because you didn't add any more setup and takedown. You didn't add yeah. any more mob. You were already at the right. site. Okay. If you add six hours on top of a 10 hour day. Now at some point you get to a diminishing return. And I did test that at certain points. There is a diminishing return at a certain yeah. point, but that diminishing return is a lot farther than you would think it would be because there is so much percentage that's mob on the front end. Mm -hmm. um, so, and the other thing I learned was, is if I could get, uh, so if I worked an extra three to four hours a day and did a 13 or 14 hour day instead of a 10 hour day, I got sites done almost twice as fast as other people yeah. because I had twice as much productive time. Right. Then what happened was, I found out if I could get sites done faster, I could be home more and I didn't have to work Saturday because I was done because I did two days worth of work in one day and only added four hours onto yeah. it. And so I really ended up with this like revelation of, wow, how about we just work really, really hard long days and then we take more days off. And man, did that bless the crews. It blessed uh, it also gave us more opportunities as a business because yeah. when people came and offered us more opportunities, we had the ability and the time frame to say, I don't know, is it worth it to not take these days off and do these? And the jobs? choice. Exactly. The choice. Exactly. So, you know, the thing I, mean, I noticed too, is that it made your team, it made your employees, especially over in Eastern Washington, so far to drive every site. All of a sudden your employees became more sticky. They, yeah. they were, they appreciated and they looked across the, the other folks who were getting gas and they were like, oh, well, I'm getting gas to go out to the lake and go fishing and they're getting gas in their company truck. And this is a good day. Yeah. And there's a huge part of it too, that we look at, um, that is just the ability to run your own job site. We, we, we ran a lot of, um, you're a foreman or uh, whatever job site foreman uh, lead. You know, there's a lot of different terms that they use within the industry for the, the, the El Jefe on the job site, you know, <laughs> the, the man um, when he has the ability to say, this is a great breaking point. We're going to stop here and we're going to start tomorrow here. He can plan his work. He can work his plan that, that, that ability to be able to run that from the field and it's not being pushed down from a boardroom where they don't know, you know, yeah, sure. It looks great from the boardroom that we ought to stay here and work an extra three hours. What they don't know is we see a lightning storm coming and we're going to break really easily right here. And we're going to save yeah. ourselves three hours of headache of waiting for the lightning storm to go by, you know, yeah. I mean, 
that sort of stuff is so pivotal and important when you're when you're there on site and you have good decision making abilities and good leadership on site that yeah. you know, all that stuff kind of takes care of itself. Break for pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Afternoon thunderstorms, break for pizza, got it. <laughs> and, and, and you know, those are the kind of things. And I, I talk about employees being sticky because I really, really want them to know how valued they are and how much, how much we treasure um, the investment that they made in us. But it, it's just another word for loyal. What are some of the things that have engendered the loyalty that, that, that you enjoy in those long-term employees, long-term employees. You know, and even some of them aren't even long-term. Sometimes they knew they were going to be able to do this for five or six years and that they had an opportunity to go do something else, but they're people that continually come back and help us. Um, I, you know, the, it, it's for the people is why we do what we do. Um, that, whether it's for your customer, um, yeah. you know, they're people too. And we can have great relationships with customers. They're looking to solve problems just like we are. Well, when you have a servant's attitude and solve the problems for the guy that you work with day in, day out, the, you know, there's uh, one of the guys I worked with, you know, at one point we were driving down the road and, and he said, man, I wish you were better looking. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, because I have to spend more time with you than I do my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was a joke, you know, and it was funny, but we spent, <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, then we did the math and it, it was pretty even. And he said, yeah, but I'm sleeping a lot of the time I'm with her. <laughs> so, so it doesn't yeah. count. Uh, but there, there's a huge aspect. If we're going to do something as often and as much as we do it, then we should do it to the level of being the highest professional and the most caring individual that we can be. We, if you're going to spend a lot of time doing something, you might as well do something that you enjoy doing. And they, they did a, what we do can be miserable in many, many areas, the weather, the, the call outs in the middle of the night. I mean, there's a million things we could pick on, but you know, those million things could be said about any profession in the United States. Um, you know, the highest level doctor that there is still has to get up and go to the ER and cut someone open in the middle of the night when he'd rather be sleeping. Um, yeah. You know, those there's nothing easy about work. That's why they pay us for it. However, the reason we do what we do is for each other and for the customer. We're serving somebody. And when we do something for someone else, there is true joy that you find in that. Yeah. And that engenders loyalty both directions too. Absolutely. When yeah. when someone looks at you and they say, man, I remember when I was sick as a dog and you went and climbed for me and let me have the day off. When I know when it was my birthday and you went a man down with your crew so I could spend time with my family. Man, I remember the time you and I suffered together. That was the most miserable. You know, if you listen to anyone tell yeah. stories about sites that they 
none of them are glorious. Oh, it was a perfect bluebird day and we were all wearing t-shirts yeah. and it was really comfortable. I've never heard one of those stories. They're they awesomely terrible. <laughs> oh, so miserable. Yeah. However, every story you hear is, oh man. Thanks for tuning in today and join us every week. Get to the site. Tell your the people to listen in and subscribe to On Radio, the voice of everything wireless. Those are the stories that make it. Hang on, I have to adjust my Superman cape because we were fixing the site that couldn't be fixed in conditions that couldn't be tolerated. Well, Ryan, yes. thanks for joining us on radio. We really appreciate the look back um, at someone who grew up wireless, who has become a legend of wireless, and who builds men. And uh, we are so grateful for the time you carved out for us today. And as we say to everybody every week, hey, let's all choose safety today. This is Jim, and I am out. <laughs>